Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Seahawks fans, wherever you may be, welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Seahawks fans, welcome back to another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Alpstead, here with Keith Myers. We're uh, recording uh, Wednesday morning this week, and uh, we're ready to go. We're going to talk Seahawks football. We're going to talk the Rams game. We're going to move ahead and talk the Arizona Cardinals game and everything in between. So first, let's bring uh, Keith into the show. Hey, Keith. Hey, Bill. How's it going? It's going. It's going pretty well, actually. Uh, I'm apt, you know, I've got a weird feeling about this week. I'm, I'm strangely optimistic that the Seahawks are going to figure out a way forward, right the ship on offense, get a little better on defense and, um, start winning football games again. Cause, uh, losing three out of the last four is not my cup of tea. I'm not, I don't want to do that. I and mean, this Seahawk team is, I think better than that. And, um, well, the so offense, we'll see. The we'll offense see was better than that. Um, for the first uh, eight games, and then on Sunday, just suddenly the offense just fell apart, and it's very difficult to understand why. I mean, the Rams didn't really do anything special other than, um, you know, Jalen Ramsey having one of his best games uh, of the year against DK Metcalf, but uh, the rest of the offense, like, if I, it, it's very difficult to figure out why they sputtered so much. Um, and you know, then the, then you run into the turnover problem too. So, uh, there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah. And we will, uh, we'll talk about all of it. You know, it's, it's crazy because, uh, ever since that first Arizona game, we went into the Arizona game a month ago, uh, five and zero, coming out of a bye week and, uh, lost that game. We should have won, played well enough to win, uh, scored 27 points in the first half or something like that. 
and then um, it we just let them back in. And um, ever since then, and, and they kind of dialed up a, a, a way to kind of disrupt Russell Wilson a little bit. I mean, <clears throat> it's kind of crazy. We ended up having like 500 and something yards in that game on offense, um, a couple hundred yards of rushing offense in that game. Uh, some of that was Russell Wilson, but nonetheless, um, it, it should have been a win. And it just kind of created this downward little thing that's going on right now. And we just need to try to figure that out. Of course, we all know that the defense has got some fatal flaws to it as far as pass defense. Uh, the rush defense, though, is, is decent, at ranked number two currently in the NFL. And maybe they can kind of build on that a little bit. I know Arizona <clears throat> is pretty, uh, pretty intent on running the football. And we'll get into Arizona too, but um, you know they've run the ball uh, for 160 yards in four straight games. They've got 30 points plus in five straight. And they're often, I mean, everything's dialed in for them, and uh, we're kind of heading in the op opposite direction. And I think until this game, I really do honestly believe if you really look at Arizona, they could have lost the last three games. We'd be talking about a completely different conversation. Um, in Seattle, conversely, if Russell Wilson plays just his normal Russell Wilson magic way, uh, we are likely, you know, the winners of, of two or three of the last four. So, um, yeah, the, you know. the 11 turnovers, 10 of which, yeah, you know, yeah, ten, yeah. 10 turnovers in the three losses. I mean, Wilson didn't have 10. I don't think Wilson had 10 picks all last year. Um, and again, it's not all picks. There's, there's three fumbles, uh, mixed in there, but, um, you know, there's, there's, I think he's had more turnovers in the last four games than he had in all of 2019. Yeah. And some of those are picks. Some of them are coming from fumbles because he's, you know, they're, they're getting rushed. You know, I thought, you know, going into that Arizona game, our offensive line was actually stellar and mm -hmm. we were both kind of surprised at how good they all kind of came together and, and were protecting and, uh, past, uh, past, uh, rush, uh, was, was not getting to Russell Wilson with the frequency it had in the past. And then the run game was, was fairly decent. And then Chris Carson went down and pass protections kind of got screwed up and, and Posick, you know, got hurt in the last couple of games. And so it's really been a tale of, of almost, well, before the buy and then after the buy, it's like mm -hmm. something happened there. I don't know what, what's going on. So let's talk about the, uh, the Rams game for a while. Um, and just kind of get a sense of what what went on there, what happened. Seattle didn't really seem to be in this game from the from the kickoff, opening kickoff. And um, even though the Rams really didn't do too much offensively in the second half, Seattle's defense tightened up. But Seattle's offense really just didn't do anything at all in this game to to help the the, the team win the game. And Russell Wilson again, uh, as you mentioned, is having. Uh, one of the worst stretches of football in his career after clearly being the front runner for the MVP award, um, you know, in the first six or seven weeks of this season, the last couple of weeks, it just really tailed off. Um, Jared Goff, uh, finished 27 to 37, 302 yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. Russell Wilson, 22, 37, 59% completion, zero touchdowns, couple interceptions, 60 yard rushings. I can't remember if he had a fumble on this game or not, but, you're right. Turnovers were were the the difference early. I mean, um, the Rams put on 
like 17 points and 250 yards in the, you know, in their first three drives. Mm-hmm. Um, and really the game at that point was in jeopardy. Yeah. I mean, the, the defense just could not get a stop. They, um, early on in this game, it, it wasn't just that the Rams were scoring. The Rams were just, the Seahawks were, weren't putting up much resistance. I mean, it was really easy for them to go down and score. I yeah. Mean, I mean, they had drives of 70. 77 yards and 93 yards. That mm-hmm. was their first three possessions. Yeah. And then, um, you know, then there was the, 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 the punt on fourth and inches. Um, mm, right at the beginning of the third quarter. Right at, yeah. And, and so you end up, you're, you're fourth and inches and your first possession out near, the, out the, near midfield. After the halftime. Um, and they punted away and the uh, Rams go 88 yards after the punt for a touchdown yeah. and really at that point the game felt like it was over because yeah. the defense wasn't stopping anyone and you you can't get a you can't get it uh inches you don't trust the offense to get six inches on a play i think um, that's the biggest story out of this you know people are really talking about this and there's a lot of you know what has been said has been said for me that's the key point right there is the trust level so pete trusts his defense his historically bad defense who's really given up at that point after that punt now given up six straight drives that end with points that that have started with 88 yards or or more um and versus the best quarterback in the division the best player on the team russell not in division in nfl football best player on the team russell wilson to get you know four or five inches um that's that's tough, you know, because the offense is ranked, you know, in the top five, top three overall, and your defense is just dead last, and it's disheartening, mm-hmm. you know. I think it it goes to a bigger thing. I was thinking about about the 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 personality of this team, you know. Um, we've lost that edge a little bit. We've been, we've, we've become soft, I think primarily on defense, but when you're not allowing your, your offense to really just go for it and impose its will and dictate terms on opposing defenses, you're, you're then allowing defenses to dictate terms on our really good offense. And that just does not seem like Pete Carroll's normal persona that he wants to have the, the, the team have. Yeah. I mean, I look at it as uh, you look at even from earlier in the year, remember the Seahawks going for it on fourth and five yeah, and hitting that, was that the first game and hitting that big play to Metcalf um, for a touchdown. Yeah. Um, and then there was yeah. another, there was another one um, I think in the second game where they, you know, went for it on fourth and one and they hit um, lock it for a, for a big play down to like the five yard line. And um, it like, they were aggressive and it, yes. it was amazing. And it, yes. it, it came out and really looked good. They took advantage of the, the situations. They really put pressure on, on other teams. And so for them to be so passive in this game and fourth and inches, not even attempt, you know, no go for it or anything, just to punt it away, give the ball back to, the Rams and let them march 88 yards down the field for a touchdown. It was like, why? What, where? There's no logic to that. Like, what well, happened? I'm, what happened to the aggressive Seahawks that were dominant? Um, now they're they're just 
it's like they don't remember who they are. You know, when Pete Carroll made that decision in his brain, he already knew that his defense have had 10 opponent drives start inside their own 10 yard line. And 40% of those have ended in a touchdown and 70% of those have ended in points. 70% have ended in points from 90 yards out. Yeah. They're only, they're and only the league average is on only, is less than 30%. Yeah. They're only getting stops. Uh, they're only stopping teams from scoring. Even when you pin them deep um, inside the 10, you're only stopping teams from scoring 30%. Russell Wilson leads the NFL in passer rating on fourth down. So you've, you're literally taking the best weapon in the NFL on fourth down and sidelining him for your punter and your defense that has proven to be historically the worst defense of all time. It's crazy. Now, I get it under normal circumstances and in Pete Carroll's long arc as an NFL coach, I, I get the decision in a bubble, in a, in a, by itself without all those other stats. Um, when you're on your own 42 and you're only down by four and it's early in the game, you tend to want to flip the field and, and put your, uh, put the, uh, opposing offense on its heels a little bit and get your defense out there and make it stop. And maybe, um, maybe that makes sense on a lot of different terms. I get that. And that has been true in the past, but, it's not, but true this not with this defense. You gotta, no. you have to be able to be self-aware, Pete. And, and make those adjustments in season and in game to reflect where you're at as a team right now and what the team needs as far as psychologically to kind of move forward, you know, and you nailed it early when you said, yeah, we were aggressive early in the season and it, it really helped the offensive identity of this team. And now it seems like the offense is assuming the defense. Uh, the defensive personality in a, in a sense. Yeah. So anyway. <clears throat> so, and then I, I think um, the other thing that I, I, I kind of wanted to, to touch on with um, this game is that in the second half, the offense, the Seahawks offense did nothing. Um, they got, uh, you know, the late field goal, um, which they kicked on second down. So that way they could try the onside kick and then take a couple, if they got it, take a couple shots at the end zone to tie. I actually thought that was a, a, a smart little bit of strategy and not trying to get the touchdown first yeah. because you were going to be out of time um, and you weren't going to gonna have a chance to um, yeah, I agree complete, with that. complete the comeback. But um, that was their only, you know, the only points in the second half. That's, Russell Wilson's first game without a touchdown in a very long time. Yeah, that's, um, it was, that was a mess. Um, but the defense kept him in it. Yeah. In the second that's, half. That was that's that's kind of what gives me some optimism right now. That second half, I mean, granted, you know, Whitworth went down, that was a big thing that for them. That was a huge thing. I mean, he's yeah. it was that was big, but he's only one player. And you gotta give some credit to the Seahawks defense. I mean, we've been looking to give them credit now for uh for nine games and mm -hmm. um and and they do deserve some. I mean, Dumlops uh looks like he's a keeper. Um Puna Ford's having a great year and especially the last four or five games he's really coming on as a defensive tackle that's proving to be not as one-dimensional as as we've kind of we've, we've put him at um he's getting a little bit of penetration mm -hmm. uh, jaron reed's kind of playing well um 
Jordan Brooks looks like a kind of a guy that I'm really intrigued about as an outside linebacker on the defense, um, especially as KJ Wright and, and Bobby Wagner have kind of tailed off slightly. Um, so there is some optimism, you know, there's just, there, there's just so many things. You just kind of don't know where to pin, uh, pin it down at. I mean, early in the season, we talked about the pass rush and, and the defensive line being a, a per, really bad, uh, point of influence on the defense um, was. that was causing all the problems. I mean, in the first Arizona game, they did not touch. There was zero quarterback hit. Yeah. Well, in the last two games, Keith, hits. we're literally second in the NFL in quarterback hits, yeah. quarterback um, pressures. So, and and what what changed in that was Carlos Dunlap, really. Uh, and the, I mean, the team is being more aggressive, and they Adams brought coming back. They brought Adams back. Um, you know, because he he's he's healthier, not healthy, but healthier and playing again. Um, and then the first Arizona game, he didn't play. Um, and so they, you know, there are, that's part of it. Um, but they, they're at the, the line has gotten better because they added Dunlap, which has made a, a major difference. Shame greens come back. Shame greens come back. So the, yeah. So they've been able to get, um, additional help, on the Mayo is still out too. Maybe he comes back and that adds just even one more little piece. Yeah. I mean, I don't have nice rotation there. I mean, if you play him less snaps, if you go from a 65% utilization to a 30%, I think that guy becomes a better player. Yeah. Cause he just, he he doesn't have to, um, you know, set up his moves. He's not thinking about, uh, the run game as much. He's just your situational pass rusher worn out. Yeah. Um, and so I, you're right. There, there's some of that. I just he was so ineffective before his injury that I'm not real excited. Um, I'd rather see more um, Alton Robinson continue to get um, those thirty percent of the snaps uh, there and and continue his development. Um, so that way next year he can be, you know, kind of a dominant force. So. Well, let me ask you this, Keith. So what's your overarching thought process on the last? four weeks since we played Arizona, like what, what has the team gone from and where are they at now? And is there any hope for where they could be in the remaining seven games? Well, I still think that they're, um, you know, they're at six wins and there's five wins sitting out there, um, that they should get no matter what. And that's, you know, the, uh, the, Jets, the three NFC East teams, and the 49ers, right? So there's five wins that gets them to 11. That's a playoff, that's a playoff team. Um, and then reality, to get better than just getting into the playoffs, they, it's those two. It's the Rams and, and Arizona game that hurts this week um, that are the difference makers. And if they, they get, especially this one, they can um, you know, get to 13 wins possibly or at least 12 win the division and better things happen. Um, so, are, but what yeah. they need, what they okay, need to so, do with all of that is they've, they've got to fix this turnover problem because these 11 turnovers over four games, 10 of them in the three losses, um, it, it's killing this team. They, the defense is not good enough for the offense to turn the ball over like that. Um, in the Arizona, the first Arizona game, they, it was it wasn't just that, that Wilson turned it over. It was that he turned it over when they were about to score on, on um, two of them. And both of those need, you know, even if they didn't get in and they kicked a field goal, they just, 
the extra points would have mattered in the end. They would have won that game. Um, you know, the the fumbles and the the interceptions against Buffalo were bad and the um uh the same thing in this in against the Rams. Like, you know, that that one um interception where it was thrown, I think it was to Disley in the corner of the end zone. Um the ball was late. It, I mean Disley was open, but if the the ball had arrived on time it um it, it it's a touchdown, but the ball was late and he didn't need to throw it. He had twenty yards of open grass in front of him. Just run it, get the first down. Um you know, and I know there they were forty yards out, but there was, I mean, literally there was nobody in front of him. I, I, he would have picked up, you know, twenty yards easy on the ground, uh, maybe more if he can pick up a block or two, uh, and get them get them down close. But instead, he, instead he decides to throw it to a guy that sure was open, but the ball needed to be arriving by the time, um, you know, it was leaving Wilson's hand, and so. People were able to to make the adjustment, come over and, and get the pick. It just wasn't a good decision by Wilson. It wasn't a good, um, you know. I mean, you just was You can't make that decision. Go get the first down. Um, and I think really what they need to do is they've just got to get Wilson going. They've got to get whatever he's doing, looking at um, this year. He's he's throwing a lot of out routes that are getting picked off and that kind of stuff and. And they've got to fix um, what's going on and and how those decisions are being made. If they can get him, they become one dimensional on offense. If they can get him out of that this funk that he's in, they go back to being a Super Bowl contender because the offense is that can be that. Okay, so let's talk about that for half a second. So we all know that they've got deep flaws on Mm -hmm. this team. Um, Some of them have come out on offense as well, but but the defense for sure, right? So let me ask you this. So if they get those five wins or they get six and they go to 12 wins or 11, they get into the playoffs, they go far, they get to the Super Bowl, win or lose, you know, they get to the Super Bowl. Um, what is What then happens to the systemic issues that plague this team? There's still issues regarding personnel. There's still issues regarding, you know, contracts in the offseason, scheme, Defensive coordinator, um, we all know they just extended Pete Carroll. He's not going anywhere, but does he surround himself with better coaches? Um, coach, does he cede control of some of the defensive situations so we can actually get a legit defensive coordinator in here for fresh ideas, fresh minds, fresh teaching, uh, get the players in position to be successful better? All of that doesn't change, even if we get to a Super Bowl. Yeah, um, I look at it as I'd be willing to bet that they make a change at secondary coach just because of the lack of development of, of certain guys and um, just it's just not working. And uh, I still think that you can't look at what's going on and the talent and how it's being used defensively. And I know Pete takes the blame um, for it, but it, this is, you know, Ken Norton is the one who um does it does the the film work before the game plan is set he's the one who calls the plays throughout the game i mean it's it's on him um and i get that that pete's not gonna fire him he won't um they but what he can do is he can do with what he did with rocky sato and that's promote him um 
make him assistant head coach instead of defensive coordinator and let someone else come in and do the job that Norton's currently doing. Um, Dan Quinn would be a great recommendation if he can be brought in. Uh, and people say, oh, he won't go back to that, whatever. You got to remember that he that, um, Pete Carroll tried to bring uh, Gus Bradley back and that um, uh, fell through and didn't happen. And then, then he signed, uh, went and, and, uh, and signed Ken Norton to that, uh, to that spot. So um, I, I could definitely see um, it being a possibility to, to go get uh, someone who, who knows the team, knows the system, but also just has a different set of eyes, a different set of ideas and, and, and do that. And, but if you make it to the Super Bowl, there's a lot less incentive to make that change. Um, now, if you make it, if you make it into the playoffs, but then lose pre-Super Bowl and you lose because of your historically bad defense, well, there's a lot of incentive to make that change, especially when your offense is uh, the, at least going into this last week, they were the highest scoring offense in the NFL. And if you have the highest scoring offense in the NFL and you can't even get out of the playoffs um, because your defense is so bad, well, you got to make some changes on defense. Um, and I think that that's probably the most likely scenario just because unless this defense steps up, um, in a, in a, in a great way, I have a hard time seeing this team making it that far in the, in the playoffs, because when you start running into the good teams, right, you, you're going to go play the Packers and you think that, uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to eat that defense alive. Um, well, that's, you're, you're going to be disappointed. And then so what you're asking is for Wilson and the offense to keep up and can they? Sure. Um, can they three weeks in a row to get out of the playoffs? against good teams? I don't know. Um, that's the hard part. All right. So let's turn our attention to the Arizona Cardinal game, Thursday night football, six and three Seattle takes on the six and three Arizona Cardinals. This is kind of the tipping point. And as we get into these later games in the season, uh, in the NFC West, where we take a look at who's got the real opportunity to win the division, if Seattle drops this game, Keith, it's not looking good for Seattle. Um, Arizona moves into statistically a two-game lead against uh, Seattle mm -hmm. with six to go after this game. Um, if Seattle wins, we take back control. Yeah. Uh, things look uh, pretty rosy considering the strength of schedule ahead for both teams. Yep. Um, Russell Wilson, the first six weeks, threw eight touchdowns, zero interceptions on deep passes over 40 yards. And since then has only had a couple of touchdowns, three interceptions. Seattle's one and three in the last four games. Kyler Murray uh, leads the NFL in, in uh, the Arizona uh, offense uh, overall in yards. Carla, uh, Kyler Murray has thrown six touchdowns, zero interceptions on deep passes since week five. But again, <clears throat> let's let's you got to really look at it. I mean, they lost to the Dolphins. Uh, they could have lost to the Bills. They should have lost to the Bills. I mean... They should have they, lost. They came up with a heroic play at the end there. Um, yeah, I mean, you you have. I, I get you're throwing it up to uh, to Nuke Hopkins, and that is an uh, an advantage. But there were three defensive players there, and nobody yeah. made a play on the ball. I mean, that's just sure. That's I mean, it was crazy. like the hail mary that that Seattle had, you know, at the, at one point. But they've had, multiple, um, but they yeah. made it. You know, they mm -hmm. made it. They won. They they got to six and three. I just don't know. This is again, I'm a little optimistic here, but I'm, I believe that. 
Seattle is going to win this game because I think that we're the better team. I really honestly do. We lost in overtime. We shouldn't have lost that game. We really gave it up. A lot of different things had to happen in order for Arizona to have an opportunity. Same in the Bills game. Uh, the Bills were up early on that um, in that game, 23 to 9, with 544 left in the third quarter. And they just kind of stopped playing a little bit. Arizona kind of came back. Um, and then they make, had to make the huge play at the end with no time left on the clock, basically, to, to secure that thing. Um, I think, though, that things need to change a little bit. Seattle needs to go into this game. Last time we had 572 yards on offense, a couple hundred yards rushing. Some of that was was Russell Wilson, but nonetheless. Um, I think overall, though, when we've seen the, the pattern in the last four weeks, I think Seattle really needs to kind of get back to the basics, need that quick hitting, shallow route uh, passing game to help get Russell Wilson into a rhythm, limit those turnovers, create some misdirection, some RPOs, and some screens to help beat those aggressive pass rushes that Seattle's been seeing, some of those blitzes, and run the ball to help them kind of clock manage uh, the game and get the deep, keep the defense off the field a little bit um, and, and keep the opportunities with our offense and, and Russell Wilson and give maybe Russell Wilson, a little bit extra protection, like max protect on the offensive line mm-hmm. a little bit to well, to help him secure the ball. That's one of the things that we've seen over this, this slide. So um, near the end of the Arizona game, um, they made an adjustment and they started bringing eight guys up uh, in the box like they were all going to blitz. And then they would send five and drop three out. Um, or they would send six and drop two out. And you never knew which of the two um, was going to drop or, and, and that. And that, um, it created an interception from Wilson, and uh, it created a lot of problems. They were able to get pressure because, you know, you make line calls, you've got, you're trying to figure out who's coming, and so you block from the inside out. Um, and But the guys in the middle don't come. They're the ones that drop out. So you've got your guards blocking no one. Um and two guys coming free. And so uh, teams started, like, they did that. It worked. It helped Arizona get back into the game. Yeah. Um, the 49ers did a lot of the same stuff, although they didn't have the personnel to really make yeah. it work. But the Bills yeah. the Bills came in, and so did the Rams, and really just followed that blueprint. And um, it... And Seattle hasn't solved it. No. And which it, is confounding to me. Like, how can saying, you do that for three out of the last four teams you've faced, you did not address those systemic issues that have created problems for your best player. You look at, um, at this, you got to have a back in there. You got to have a tight end in there. And both of them have to have blocking responsibilities first. So you pick up the blitz first and then, um, go out and do a pattern. You can't have five guys blocking um, knowing that they're going to bring five, but you don't know which five. Um, and then you end and up with Russell Wilson needs to do a better job in recognizing blitzes or packages where they could be susceptible and check down out of those things or, or create a play where it's much quicker developing, you know, all, so, all the turnovers, almost seen... all the sacks, not all of them, but some of them go untouched and they get to them in, in less than two seconds. But most of them are long developing plays. Yeah, and that's um, coming. That, that's coming from the game plan. Where yeah, they, exactly. They, they want every. They they want to take those deep shots. They want to use Lockett and and Metcalf deep because that's where their strength is. And 
and all of that. But you. But had, let's you, set up. Let's set up the defense to to allow Russell Wilson to pick and choose those things instead of trying to run those plays. Uh, you know, 10, 10, 12 times a game. Yeah. Let's let's hone it down a little bit and be more efficient. Yeah, and so you look at at you know, the very first drive that Seattle had against the Rams, right, where they just marched down the field, scored a touchdown. Alex Collins looked good on a on a couple of runs. There was a lot of of quick hitting stuff, a lot of spacing concept to take advantage of um, the holes in, in Arizona zones as they blitzed. And um, you saw Freddie Swain get two, um, you know, big receptions on that drive, you know, cause he's a slot guy, right? Um, keep doing that because what that does is that forces the team to back out of those blitz situations. And it um, creates a situation where now you have time to let those longer developing plays, um, you know, take effect and, uh, you know, different concepts. So that way you and can spread them out a little bit. Yeah. So that way you can get, you can get, uh, you know, you know, your big receivers open downfield and that kind of stuff. But you have, like they started out with a really effective game plan with, um, you know, the, that first drive and then they went away from it. It's a, it's very frustrating and it's, it's kind of this, um, it's kind of this, Brian Schottenheimer thing that when things are working, um, he's reluctant to continue doing them. He wants to go back to, you know, the big play and whatever, rather than continuing to ride the, the hot hand of what works. And um, I really think that the game plan that they started with in the first, for the, that first drive, um, not only did it work then, but it'll work always. You can always get those, you know, short eight yard passes and, you know, run the ball well and, and force teams to back off because when you're letting them come up and, and run those blitz packages that, that have been killing Seattle uh, the last few weeks. Well, and the lack of a true running game too is, is makes it a little bit more difficult. Yeah. I mean, you know, in this Chris si- Carson does matter. It really, in this matter. situation, we know that Arizona blitz is 41.7% of the time ranked third in the NFL. Let's take advantage of that. Let's mm-hmm. figure out a way to turn that into an advantage for the offense by creating some screens, by allowing those guys to come in and uh, having a run pass option or misdirection or, you know, all, or, or handing the ball off occasionally on a delayed handoff. You know, we just, we, I think we can do it. We just need to figure it out. And hopefully they've had enough time that this will be the second game um, and, and we can get ahead. How about Seattle on defense? Um, Keith, how did last time they tried to contain, uh, Kyler Murray failed at that. Kyler Murray <laughs> had, a, had a field that. day. Um, he oh, passed so better than, than he, he normally did against, uh, the Seahawks. A lot um, of what they did in that game was they, they tried to use, they pulled a guy out of coverage, um, and they used, uh, Shaquem Griffin, um, to basically be a spy in the middle and they were like, don't let him run, right? You're not, you don't have coverage responsibilities. Your job is to just spy him. If he takes off running, go get him. Um, and he held at those responsibilities so badly that he hasn't started since he hasn't really played on defense. Yeah. since. He's just been a special teamers. Um, I mean, he got more, he, he played more snaps in that game than in any game in his career, except for the very first game his rookie year. Um, and, it just didn't work. I mean, it was, it was a uh, kind of a failed experiment and they would have been better off either having someone else in coverage to try and, and cover guys up or 
blitzing someone and, and just trying to get after Murray a little more. Now, Murray is the least. Murray's only been sacked 13 times in 2020 after 48 times in 2019. So they're clearly have, have really made a difference and he's more pocket aware this year. He's that, that, and that's a lot of it is he's more pocket aware. Um, their offensive line is, is better in that they had injuries there last year and they, they've managed to, to, um, avoid them for the most part this year. But, you know, for him, he's more pocket aware. He's moving away from the pressure better. He's making better choices as to when to run, but he's, he is like Russell Wilson, especially Russell Wilson and earlier in his career where it looks like he, you, you've got him and then you miss and then it's a big play, whether it's, um, you know, he runs for 15 or he throws for 20. Like he's very frustrating to play against and they've got to do a better job of kind of containing that. Like don't, run past him if he is taking a five yard drop don't when you're trying to get around the corner um as a pass rusher don't go seven yards deep because all you're doing is creating a huge lane for him to um to move in and uh he'll slide in that direction and and buy himself time you've got to pinch in you've got to stay in front of him so that way he can't um you know just have it that easy and, um, you know, just, you gotta be more disciplined. You can't run the stunts and the switches and things that you're used to yes. to running on the line. You've got to be more disciplined in your lanes. So, uh, so does that point to a situation where they might stick with, uh, rushing four and, and move to an extra defensive back in this game to help kind of contain that re in gener- uh, re, um, energized passing game that they do have. Um, Hopkins is going to be tough. Uh, we know that Trey Flowers is probably going to get that assignment, and that sucks. But do we do we blitz as frequently in this game as we have in the last four games or so? I don't think you can because you're going to get burned by Murray Murray's yeah. legs. Um, so I think you have to play a little bit more passive defensively. But you also don't want to just rush four because you know your front well, four we have, haven't been yeah, getting. Yeah, but we we do have Carlos Dunlap now, and we're getting Mayoa back, and maybe and and Reed and 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 Ford have kind of been been more effective and we got snacks harrison in there now maybe maybe the defensive line is better now and yeah. we just haven't seen enough games to really kind of prove that out but this the, could be a difference in the, this di- game. the difference maker in this game versus the last game i think uh, other than dunlap who i think is is a big addition um but the one that really intrigues me and the one that i think is gonna um make the biggest difference is going to be Jordan Brooks, the rookie linebacker, because he should have been the one with the responsibility of, um, or, or Adams. What? Or, or yeah, Jamal or Adams. Adams. Um, you know, those are the one. those are the guys that have the responsibility of Kyler Murray. Right. Um, and so it's going to be one of those two guys and neither of those guys played, uh, in the last one. And so, yeah, you might see them blitz, but they're going to blitz in a situation where, um, their initial, like, they're not just, they're not blitzing into a block, right? They, it's going to be a delayed blitz. It's going to be a, they're the spy. Once they recognize, you know, once we have the play and there's a, there's a, a path to the quarterback, they take it. Um, and, uh, that, you know, that kind of stuff. So I think, that, I think a delayed blitz is actually the exact way that you defend you, Kyler Murray. I mean, because you have, then, you know, because he pulls out of his passes, if, if something's not there, he pulls down and he runs, you yeah. know, and if you can get him in the backfield, um, you can, you can chase him down. I mean, he's, he's quick, he's fast, but 
man, when you, when you swarm him and you keep disciplined, like you said about keeping your lanes as you're rushing, um, that is the key, I believe. Yeah. And so I, I really think that, that, um, you have those two guys in there doing those things instead of, um, Shaquem Griffin. I think it makes a big difference on being able to slow, um, Kyler Murray down. I, I am just, when they played Arizona last time, they had zero quarterback hits. Um, when they, uh, they lost to Buffalo, they had zero passes defended, right? Which goes to show you how much the defenses switched. It went from no pass rush and just terrible up front. The front end has gotten better, but the back end has gotten worse. Yeah. Well, and, you know, it doesn't hurt to have your two starting corners out and, you know, it's, it's, and it's you're a starting, tough situation. And you're starting nickel and your right. backup strong safety and your third string strong, strong safety. Injuries um, are starting to pile up on the defense, which is interesting, you know, but, but hopefully they, they get better in, in time. We can get everyone together and, you know, maybe this thing turns around a little mm-hmm. bit, but you do have to slow down Murray. I mean, he's got, considering how you, we think that Russell Wilson's kind of been a more effective running the ball this year. He's got 350 yards, a couple touchdowns, et cetera. Seattle's leading Kyler, rusher. Yeah. Seattle's leading a rusher by five yards. Kyler Murray has 87 carries for 604 yards and 10 touchdowns. Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy's a legit threat to score from anywhere on the field. And I don't necessarily want to spy him, but I do want to play straight up solid, fundamentally sound defense against this guy. And I think that gives Seattle the best chance. I really do. What we just talked about. So we're going to make this show fairly quick uh, for uh, time constraint reasons. Um, and maybe that's better for all you listeners. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure that out going forward. Um, so we're going to, we're going to kind of wrap this thing up, but give me your prediction on how you think this is going to play out at least for Thursday night football and maybe, you know, a little bit going forward. Okay. So I think that, I think the offense gets, gets rolling again. One of the advantages of, of a short week is that, there's a lot less game planning and you just do you um, on the, these super short weeks like this. And so uh, they're going to come out and just do what they do best. And I think that it gives Wilson a chance to just go play and less thinking um, and re- let him get going again. I think they get their offense back to where it was pre Rams. Sounds um, like we might have Carlos Hyde back. Yeah. At least. And that'll, maybe, maybe that'll, Carson. That'll make a, a a big difference is having either one of them back just to to help with the running game. But I, I think the the offense gets going again and you know gets to their thirty. How do we get uh, Medcalf going again? Um, don't have specifically Jalen against Peterson too. I mean, okay, so they can enter. They can um, they can do things to get him op- away from the uh, coverage, like they did it at times. Um, but not enough in, in this last game where they would put him in motion or put Lockett in motion so that way it, it changes the responsibilities of, of um, who's covering who and, and do those things to get matchup situations that you want and then take advantage of them. Um, and they just didn't seem to actually make a much of an effort to try and do that against the Rams, and they really need to. Um, I mean, P- Patrick Peterson frustrated uh Metcalf in the last game but I'd love to see a revenge game here where it's just he just works his ass off and physically dominates him like he did against uh the the the, the guy from the Bills I can't remember his name uh Josh Norman um and also Gilmore of the of the um of the Patriots right there's a couple of really good 
good corners that Metcalf has dominated. And, and he has shown that when he has one of these really frustrating games the next week, he just puts on a clinic. Um, and so he had a really frustrating game against the Rams. So go out and put on a clinic, dude. Um, but I, I think the Snakes get, get it going offensively. They get back to the 34 points too. a game. Um, defensively, they've just got to do enough. Um, I think they end up winning this game like 34-31 um, and, um, and, and pull home a win. Yeah. It's going to be That's tough. interesting, Keith. I, don't, I hope it's not that close. I would love to see the Seahawks score 35 points again um, and get back to that. Uh, and I think that they can do that against this Arizona defense. I really do. I mean, they had 500 and some odd yards against them that first game and they were on a roll 27 points and they just stopped. They stopped being aggressive and the game kind of got squirrely on them. And, uh, but I do believe that they can, they can put up the yards, put up the points. Now it's the defense, right? And I do believe we're actually turning the corner a little bit, at least with our defensive line. I think we're stout against the run. That's really going to help in this game. If you can create the you know a one dimensional situation for Arizona, which I believe that they can, I even though the Seattle's really given up a lot of yards, I think if they do play straight up defense in this game and maybe drop back an extra defender um, more than normal, uh, they contain this thing, and and uh, it's hard for Arizona to score more than thirty points if if Seattle has the ball a lot and they're marching and scoring, you're keeping the ball away from Arizona. So I think they're under average on their um, on their points scored and we win like 35 to 23 to 27, something like that. So cool. why don't you send us out of here? Wrap this thing up, man. All right. So, um, you can find us on Twitter. The show is, uh, at Hawks playbook. Um, you can find us at seahawksplaybook.com and on YouTube search for uh, Seahawks playbook. Uh, you can find bill on Twitter at, um, at NW Seahawk, which North, so Northwest Seahawk. Um, and you can find me at Myers NFL. And um, I think that's everything. Did I miss anything? It's been, a while it. since, it's been a while since you've had me here. I know. I, sh- I probably shouldn't have surprised you, but, you know, there you eh, go. Whatever it works. <laughs> All right. So until next time, go Hawks. Go Hawks. Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NW Seahawk. Keith is at Myers NFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com. Podcast Network. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. 
New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.